everyone. This is Molly Douthit. And David Douthit. Welcome to More Than Hearing, a podcast to encourage preachers to use multiple intelligences in sermons and worship leadership, because there are plenty of ways to reach someone's soul. Today, we're covering Music Smart and Self Smart for the lectionary selections for the sixth Sunday of Easter, Year C. Paul gets a distress call from Macedonia in Acts, while the New Jerusalem descends in Revelation. Psalm 67 calls all the nations to praise God, and Jesus heals a man on the Sabbath in John. God's on the move in all of them. We hope to move you with our illustrations and special effects. This podcast is based on Dr. Howard Gardner's theory of multiple intelligences. Dr. Gardner suggests that there are multiple ways to learn, process, remember, and understand our world. Each week, centered on the weekly readings of the Revised Common Lectionary, we develop illustrations and special effects using various smarts based on Dr. Gardner's identified intelligences. Over the course of four weeks, we will cover word smart, eye smart, math smart, body smart, music smart, nature smart, people smart, and self smart. You could read more about Dr. Gardner's work by clicking at the link at the top of our webpage, morethanhearing.org. Join us as we explore ways these intelligences can be utilized for a deeper appreciation of God's Word. Then we encourage you to try it yourself. Anytime and any way we can make use of the different smarts, we give people greater access to the Word of God so they can acquire it, process it, and internalize it in ways that make sense to them. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back. If this is your first time here, welcome here. Glad to have you. We are moving through. Uh, we're getting very, very close to Pentecost. We're at Easter 6, year C. And as David already said in the introduction, we are looking at two of the intelligences this week. Uh, if you would like to see what we tried to do with all of them, you can look at our link on the show notes for three years ago, or you know, just go to the webpage and look it up. So, uh, I will be looking at self-smart. David's going to be looking at music, music smart. Self-smart people are folks who are very self-aware. They understand their own strengths, which often makes them a pioneer or an entrepreneur or a risk taker, which kind of sums up Jesus in some ways, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, self-reflective exercises of prayer, meditation, and silent imagination benefit self-smart people in your congregations. And according to the Gospels, Jesus spent a lot of time in prayer and probably his own uh, self-reflection. I imagine his teaching left many people contemplating their own lives and their own relationships. So while there isn't anything specifically self-smart about the things that Jesus did, we can infer from, you know, what it is that makes a self-smart person a self-smart person that he probably touched that a lot in his ministry. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm doing music smart, as Molly said, and so it is musical rhythmic intelligence. It's an awareness of and ability to manipulate musical elements like melody, harmony, pitch, tone, rhythm, all those sorts of things. Music smart learners tend to do better when music is playing or when lessons are set to music or rhythm. And most Christian traditions make use of singing and instrumental music in worship and education. Not too often at committee meetings, at least in my experience. (laughs) 
Jesus, though, seems to have been adept at all the intelligences, but we don't have much evidence of his music smarts. We know that after the last Passover meal that he had with his disciples, that he sang a hymn Mm -hmm. uh, or a psalm, and we can be fairly sure that he sang the psalms during worship on a regular basis from Mm -hmm. week to week. And some of his teaching, especially as recorded in John, sort of has a rhythmic flavor to it. Very lyrical. Lyrical, repeating and looping phrases and structures and such. But otherwise, there isn't a lot of evidence to show uh, to show his music. And, you know, it's, it's hard to write that in a narrative, I suppose. Right. Just, so we have those few elements, and uh, I guess we'll just have to wait till we get to the other side and— uh, We'll get to sing with Jesus together, maybe. Cool. The first reading, which if we were not in Easter, would be the Old Testament reading, is from Acts chapter 16, verses 9 through 15. Um, This is a lot of, an interesting thing happens in verse 11. uh, An interesting thing happened on the way to the forum. (laughs) Well, the first person pronoun that has been uh, used, um, Mm. well, the the pronouns change. They go from third person impersonal of Paul did this, Paul did this, Paul did this, to suddenly we did this. One of the commentaries uh, that I read said that obviously they picked up Dr. Luke on the way here. Right, right, yes. So he, joined, he joined the party. He became part of the fellowship. Anyway, so it starts out with Paul having a vision uh, of a man from Macedonia pleading with him, saying, come over, please, and help us. And so he immediately tries to get over Macedonia and sets sail from Troas with a straight course through to Samothrace and uh, to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi. Uh, what gets cut out a little bit in this, uh, at the beginning of this passage, is that the Holy Spirit keeps blocking them from trying to go to other places. Mm. And so then Paul has this vision. It's like, okay, we're off to Macedonia. Yeah, they were going to go to Asia or yeah, something. Yeah, they were. Nope, can't do that. Yeah, kind of head in a different direction. Uh, and and so the, whole, the Spirit said, meh. So they uh, headed off to um uh, Philippi, and then uh, they stayed there for a while. Uh, they were hoping to be able to meet up with some people, and another commentary I read said that they probably met at a river outside the city, because there may not have been 10 Jewish men in the community, which is what you need needed to form a synagogue, hmm. which was Paul's habit, was to go to the synagogue and, and preach about Jesus. Right. So they went out to the river, Take me to the river. And I found so much music in these things this week. I was doing the wrong darn one. Um, They went to the river and they found a woman named Lydia, who was already a worshiper of God and who was uh, very open to what they had to say. She and her entire household were baptized. And since she was a woman who was a dealer in purple cloth, it was assumed that she was wealthy and she became became a financier of Paul and his ministry. And so uh, they stayed with her for a while. So there's a story for X. Well, I'm supposed to be doing self-smart and not music smart. So I'll give you the things that I found for self-smart. Um, it could be that maybe in verse 13, uh, when they headed out to the river, they might have just been following a hunch. 
so I got to thinking that about, you know, what, what, what kinds of experiences you have when you just sort of follow a hunch or just sort of go someplace. And I found a whole bunch of stories about people encountering unusual things on their travels. It was at a website called Hostel Geeks, and there are a lot of different short stories. <laughs> Is that... H O S T E L, not H O S T I L E. Hostile. But do geeks get hostile? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, well, true, true. Yes, you. Which captain? Picard or Kirk? (laughs) (laughs) Use the force, Harry. Gandalf. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so I I found some links to some short stories that talk about people uh, having unexpected and unusual experiences that actually kind of broaden their their lives a little bit, Uh, which makes me think that Lydia, she hears about Jesus and it redirects her life, not by a whole heck of an awful lot. She seemed to already be on the path, but this experience simply sends her a much further down the road. Mm -hmm. So for a special effect, how do we know where God is sending us? Are we willing to respond when we sense that God is instructing us to go to unplanned places? There might be some questions that you allow not only yourself to think about, but to allow your congregation to think about. And do we take the time to talk and listen to God through regular prayer and silent holy listening? If and when we sense that God is leading us in a certain direction, do we test out that direction, seek affirmation from church, family, friends, and other trusted associates? So there are a lot of uh, ways that you can explore through self-smart this idea of journey and being open to unexpected things, things you weren't planning. Hmm. What have you got for Music Smart? Well, uh, with Music Smart, one of the things that tends to happen for us both is that we just come up with songs that, that we plug in and use those as illustrations. So in reflecting on the passage here, I got to, I got connected with the the phrase of being convinced because mm-hmm. uh, it applies to both Paul and to Lydia. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I went looking for some some things about being convinced, and I found uh, found a song from Nat King Cole called "To the Ends of the Earth." And there's a line in there that says, uh, a thousand goodbyes won't convince me that you're gone. And Mm. it's, um, so it's a song about this, uh, about devotion to, to a lover. Mm -hmm. It actually gets a little creepy at the end because it it says, (laughs) you will stalkery. Yeah. yeah. It, It says, you will never be free until you give your love to me. Oh my gosh. And, So maybe that's not the best (laughs) song to use. Um, Another one that I found is called Convince Me by Lucinda Williams. And um, this is, again, it's it's, um, maybe not exactly the flavor of this text, but it's about, um, you know, things in my life are crappy and I want you to convince me it's going to get better. Hmm. So it's it's kind of a, a country song, uh, yeah. Lucinda Williams, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, but but it's got that that kind of flavor. So um, uh, convince me, and Lydia gets convinced. Paul gets convinced that he's supposed to be there, mm-hmm. and then Lydia gets convinced about Jesus about Jesus from Paul's 
uh, testimony. And there may be people in your congregation who are kind of where Lucinda is with his song, you know, life is crappy, convince, convince me, me. give me some Jesus here that'll, hmm. that's going to convince me. So hmm. that that's cool. kind of what I was thinking with that. Um, then the other part of it is the determination mm-hmm. that Paul and company have in uh, making the trip to Macedonia. They become very focused that they have to get there to help. And so that put me in mind of the Proclaimers song, I'm Gonna Be. Or oh, 500 miles. I will miles. walk 500, 500 miles, miles and I will walk 500, 500 more. more. Right. That one. Um, so the idea of being super devoted and I'm going to be the one who's coming home to you. Cool. One more thought that I have was that the passage, and, and this this is um, a different way of thinking about an illustration for Music Smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the passage reminded me of kind of a religious jam session. Hmm. So imagine flyers go out or an announcement put out on Facebook uh, inviting interested musicians to show up for a big festival in Macedonia, but it's kind of lacking in specifics. <laughs> and so Paul and the band go to Macedonia and start looking for a venue to play. But instead of ending up on the main stage, they end up in a little club down by the river. Down by the and riverside. Stop it. Sorry. And there are some <laughs> women there, uh, mostly singer-songwriter types and mostly acoustic. And when Lydia gets up to play her set, Paul sits in and they start jamming like they've been together for years. Hmm. And at the end of the night, Lydia invites Paul and the band back to crash at her place, which is good because otherwise they would have ended up in some fleabag motel across the tracks. (laughs) I like that. So just a different way of reimagining the story uh, using a musical theme. Cool. And uh, so there and, you go. Well, as, as you were ta- starting to talk about that, I was thinking, oh, 50th anniversary of Woodstock's coming up oh, this well, summer. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. So there you go. Get out your peace beads. <laughs> okay, let's go on. The second reading for Year C, Easter 6, is Revelation 21, verse 10, and then verse 22 to the end of the chapter, and then chapter 22 to verse five. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Wow. <laughs> All right. Anyway, it is the part where the new Jerusalem comes down out of heaven. And there's a bunch of stuff in there about measuring it that gets cut out. I think that's, that's what's going on there. Um, and so John, the revelator sees the city and sees there's no temple there because the Lamb and the Lord God who sit on the throne will be its light. And the nations will come into it and bring their glory, and there will be nothing accursed there, and the river of life runs through it, and the tree of life grows on either side of the river, and the tree is for the healing of the nations. Nothing will be accursed there, and they won't need any lights because they will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. And they will reign forever and ever. So that's pretty cool. We're very close to the end of the book of Revelation at this point, and that may be the last reading. I, I don't know. I didn't look for I, next week yeah, yet. I didn't but look that's, either. I mean, there isn't much left except come soon and amen. 
So uh, anyway, let's get to it. Looking at this passage, uh, the idea of being at home in the city, uh, in your final destination. Uh, I, I went for poetry on this one for, yeah. for illustrations instead of songs. There are probably lots of songs that you could choose for this, but I found Langston Hughes' poem, Let America Be America Again. And this hmm. was published in 1936. It's a strong critique of uh, the idealized America as home of the free and the land of opportunity. And it's also a deep longing for that idealized mm -hmm. America. So it starts off, let America be uh, America again, you know, with uh, let me be out there and be free and have a place to myself and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, that kind of line three times. And in between, it says America was never America to me. Mm-hmm. And things like that. And it's, and then it switches back and says, who is this mumbling in here? And and it goes on from there. And it's like, I'm the one that ain't getting that America. Mm -hmm. And it lists all the different ways that you don't get America if you are the wrong class, color, gender. religion, gender. He doesn't th do much with gender, but it's... No, it's yeah. 1936. He wouldn't. Right. Um, so... It's a it's a very uh, it's it's a critique and a longing, like I said. Um, that great America of the free is so it, it is in some sense the New Jerusalem, that longed for land that we're not at yet. That place. That place that where everything place. will be right, right and right. nothing will be accursed. Just everybody will have a place right? free from oppression. Um, a similar poem is Home by Warson Shire, uh, who, and it's a poem about emigration. And this is, uh, again, maybe the opposite of New Jerusalem, because it's a, a, it's a poem about being an emigrant, leaving your homeland, and nobody leaves home unless home is the mouth of a shark. Mm -hmm. And it gets worse from there. Mm -hmm. So it is a very dramatic poem, not for the faint of heart, but it gives you a, a sense of the, the wrenching connection with a homeland that has become uninhabitable, basically. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. There, there's that. Yeah. Again, the, the, the contrast there as much and the longing for the home. Um, then for special effect, I thought this would be a good passage where you could do that thing we've done a few times of using musical instruments, maybe percussion instruments, connected with the text in particular words or phrases to represent and underscore those thematic elements, such as city, light and shining and glory, day and night, uh, the nations, the river and water, uh, unclean and accursed and the tree of life and of course God and the lamb. So I, I wrote up a, a, a version, a color coded version that you could use. Oh, cool. Uh, and that'll be in the worksheets that you can download from the website, morethanhearing.org. And, um, uh, you know, just get, 
all your percussion stuff out and let people just uh, percuss mm -hmm. on their word. Give each person a word or phrase and, mm -hmm. and let them do have at it. Cool. All right. So what do you got for Self Smart? Well, I have a list for Self Smart. Uh, there's a list of things that will not exist in the New Jerusalem. There will not be a temple. There will be no sun. There will be no moon. There will be no shut gates. There will be no night. There will be no unclean thing. No practice of abomination or falsehood. No tree of knowledge of good and evil. Nothing accursed. No need of a light or a lamp. So, since all of those things are going to be absent in the New Jerusalem, maybe if a way to uh, encourage self-smart people to consider this is to think, how do these things make claims on our lives now? Hmm. What contemporary images could be substituted for those things mentioned? You know, we don't have temples, explicitly temples, but maybe that could be work, home, sports arena, any place where one's devotion is directed. Mm -hmm. And then you could go through uh, the list and, you know, pull out things that are not necessarily things that we would see, but uh, might have a more contemporary explanation for them. So do that, put this list together, and then make it available in the bulletin or as a handout and encourage people to consider how each of these things that is not present in the New Jerusalem lays a claim on our attention now. Uh, and then consider how the absence of those things would free us to focus on God's presence so do that thing and try that for a week or three and see how that might shift your attention in your daily life to focusing more on God. Uh, something else about this passage from... So is that like anytime you turn on a light, think, yeah, of, think yeah. about it? Yeah, well, or just make the list and have it available somewhere. You know, yeah. Put it in your car or, or have this be something that you uh, substitute your, your morning paper with. Whatever you read first thing in the morning, look at that. Okay. Just every once in a while, just think, what is it that's, that's that I have that's pressing around me in my life now that will not be in the New Jerusalem? Yeah. Okay. And how that helps you focus on God's presence instead. Okay. Mm -hmm. So another thing. Um, for Angela Askew at uh, the website Sermons at Work, writing in 2004, she said this about this passage. For those of us who live in unholy cities pervaded by evil, sin, and death— vulnerable to the invasions of terrorists, this is a glorious imagining of a complete and perfect safety, a safety guaranteed not by walls and gates and homeland security, but by the full reality of the presence of God in Christ. Mm. So think about uh, what is safe? What, what, in, what in our lives is safe? It's safety in numbers, security in one's home or among family, comfort in the presence of those who love you, like a church family surrounding you in a difficult time? What those what the safety comes from in in the the things that we can experience now and that what is being promised in the new Jerusalem is that it comes from presence, God's presence specifically. So think of times when presence has provided you with a feeling of security and comfort, and uh, encourage your congregation to spend a little time in silence thinking about that themselves. The presence of. God. Someone of God. Of God specifically, or yeah. how you have felt comfort in presence. It might mm -hmm. be a parent or something. Yeah. When you're a kid and you're scared. Cool. There you go. Let's go on. Okay.
The psalm for year C, Easter 6, is Psalm 67. It is essentially a psalm of praise. Um, Yeah, Uh, so (laughs) the psalmist is saying to the people, let's praise God, uh, that God's face may shine on us, and let the nations be glad and sing for joy. And a reason for that, you judge the people with equity and guide guide them upon the earth. Uh, toward the end, the last two verses, six and seven, uh, the earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, has blessed us. And may God continue to bless us and let all the ends of the earth revere him. So praise, 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 with some reasons in there. Mm-hmm. So looking at this, uh, a commentary I read from a blog post called Living the Lectionary uh, is that this psalm is a good day. There are lots of reasons within this psalm for the people to celebrate and be joyful. Um, So that got me to thinking about other joyful days. So the psalm itself and the essay that we will have a link for at the show notes uh, ring with celebration and joy. So as an illustration, consider other joyful days that you celebrate. Uh, Christmas immediately came to mind, birthdays, anniversaries, retirement, um, people just getting together and, and having having fun with each other. Encourage people to think of those settings as the psalm is read. So tell them to think about that and then read the psalm. So this is kind of a word smart and a people smart exercise, but it has it's done in a self-contained experiment okay. experience. So um, there you go. So for a special effect, on at verse six, Make a list of the things that God has blessed you with, you specifically, the things you know that God has given you that have made your world bigger. So uh, have give people some time to, to make that list and then keep that list in the car, at work, by your bed, next to your morning mirror, on the refrigerator, any place that you're likely to see it regularly. And when you are stressed or angry or not feeling well, look at the list and remember how God has blessed you already. See what that does. Cool. What you got for music? Um, not a whole lot. Uh, just before or when we were doing the intro, we got to thinking about uh, the song Calling All Nations because we put that in that that phrase in there uh so you could make use of that as an illustration uh calling all nations by in excess uh, and it's still stuck in my head <laughs> <laughs> put it on the line yeah. and uh for special effect though you might um set verses three and five which are the same to music and teach it to the congregation and then let them sing it to open the psalm at verse 3, at verse 5, and then again after verse 7. Good. And have somebody else then read or sing or chant the rest of the psalm in between. Cool. You know, like a psalm. (laughs) Because, you know, that's what they would have done, right? So... um, in the Presbyterian Hymnal 1990, this is actually set that way, and it has the refrain uh, using that verse. Cool. So, um, so, so you've already got that. If you're Presbyterian, you got the blue hymnal, you're set to go. There you it's go. Use it. 
202, I think. Cool. Uh, so we've got a link for for a setting or two of it that way, and uh, another to uh, the tune Saint Michael. So you can find those links on the worksheet. If you want to just do it yourself, verse three is uh, an eight seven meter and could be altered to be a, a seven seven if you use Lord instead of O God or something. Hmm. But there are lots of hymn tunes that you could pull an 8-7 or a 7-7 seven, seven out and, and just set it to something that you already know, as opposed to trying to teach a psalm tone. Yeah, it depends on how much time you're going to give it in worship, because if you have, if you have the time, you could teach a, sim- a simple tune, a psalm tune. Yeah. And, and if, you do, if you decide to do that, sometimes it's really helpful to have the music, uh, the actual written music somewhere yeah printed out or projected so that people can people can see where the little notes go or they go up or down or something and if people can read music that helps too yeah so um if they don't if you can direct them uh with your hand hand, up down you know yeah 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 establish a a top and a bottom and then stick your hands in the in between places right right yeah all right that's it that's what i got cool let's go on The gospel lesson for year C, Easter 6, is John, well, it's either John 14 uh, or John 5. We did John 14 three years ago, so we're doing John 5, 1 through 9. So we're we're taking the, the road less taken here. Yes. And this is a passage, obviously, early in John's gospel where, uh, the, there's the festival of the Jews, and Jesus goes up to Jerusalem, and he's going. He goes in the sheep gate and goes to Bethzatha or Bethesda. Oh, um, okay. In other places, it's called Bethesda, uh, to a pool, and this is where many invalids hang out: the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed, and uh, one who has been ill for 38 years. And the story in between that gets clipped out is that an angel comes down occasionally and stirs up the water in the pools there. Mm -hmm. And if you get to be the first one in the pool after it gets stirred up, you get healed. Mm -hmm. And uh, this, this particular fellow who's been sick for 38 years doesn't have anyone to help him get into the pool, so he never gets in first. So Jesus sees him, knows that he's been there a long time, and says, do you want to be well? And he says, I don't have anyone to help me get in the water. And Jesus says, stand up, take your mat, and walk. And he does. And that's the end of 9a. And if you get 9b, which starts the next paragraph, now that day was a Sabbath. And then it goes on from there which is not part of the reading, mm-hmm. to, uh, and gets into all the hubbub about Jesus having healed on the Sabbath and this guy carrying his mat on the Sabbath. So um, there we go. Uh, for Music Smart, looking at this, uh, in verse 7, the, the man is complaining that he has no one to help him get into the water. So I thought of two songs here, one by the Hollies, he ain't heavy. He's my brother. I don't know why I thought about that, but it's a song Somebody about carrying help. the burden mm-hmm. for for your your fellows in life, and uh, 
Uh, so he doesn't have that guy to help him and um, w- it would appreciate it. Uh, the other was Take Me to the River, which was originally by Al Green, but made popular by the Talking Heads in about 1979. Mm-hmm. And uh, Both versions are pretty cool. They are indeed. And it's been co- covered many times since. But, um, you know, that's, that's about getting, well, I don't know if it's actually about going to the river or if it's about sex, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, ostensibly anyway, it's about <laughs> going to the river, going to the river. Right, right. Um, for, uh, another musical illustration about reworking the story here, um, imagine being a baritone player in an orchestra, but being a virtuoso and you want to show off your skills and prowess, but anytime a piece calls for a solo, the trumpets get to it. The, the trumpets get the solo and you're left there with your supporting bass part of whole notes. And bah. Bah. so the, the frustration of, of that is kind of, uh, what I was getting at was the frustration that this fellow has, that somebody's always getting ahead of him and he would be, uh, you know, he could do so much if he could just get the part, get into the river. For special effect, try rewriting the passage in verse. This one seems to lend itself, I think, uh, but it was it, it's really challenging. I got started on it. I didn't get all the way through, but I got a couple of stanzas hmm. of it uh, in a 10-10, meter, more or less. Uh, you can take a look at that. That's going to be on the worksheet, and uh, you can. I'm going to try and finish it up so it'll be ready, but... Uh, um, you can at least build on what I've got there or just, you know, try and set it so that it's rhythmic and then you can put it to a hymn if you want to. Cool. How about self-smart? Well, um, a couple of quotes um, from an essay written by Debbie Thomas at Journey with Jesus. I have them I have them listed on the worksheet so you can see what they are. But the one that really caught my attention is she said, I know what it's like to cling to brokenness because it's familiar. Hmm. Which got me to thinking that um, after 38 years of lying by this pool, this man has definitely come to a place where he's very familiar with his condition. Hmm. And uh, it's entirely possible that he's become so familiar with it uh, that when Jesus asks him the question, he's probably completely caught off guard. Uh, Yeah. So... The, the the illustration that you could use these use these questions uh, is an illustration. How many of us are making do with something that is not entirely busted, but is not working properly? Mm. Uh, I, <laughs> so, like a car, <laughs> and if you've got teenagers or young adults or people who are driving old clunkers, or have you have driven an old clunker in your own life, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A bathroom. We uh, kind of have that going right yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> and we did when we lived in Ohio, too. Uh, a commute to work. Maybe you have this long, circuitous commute to work because you or, are or without a job. car. <laughs> or your job, yeah. Uh, a relationship. Mm-hmm. 
busted up a little bit, not working properly, or a dream, something you've always wanted to do, and your pathway to it's got some obstacles in it. So think about these things in your life that are broken a little or a lot, and listen to Jesus ask you if you want them to be made whole. Hmm. What's your answer? And um, why? And why, right. Um, Debbie Thomas, uh, okay, I'll, I'll read the third one. Uh, Jesus' desire to heal is intrinsic to his character. It doesn't depend on me. In other words, do you want to be made well? Is a question he will never stop asking because it's his heart's desire for my wholeness, my freedom, and my thriving. And he understands that there is painful surgical power in the question itself. Mm. There's a lot to chew on there. Yes, indeed. So, that's it. All right. That's it for today's podcast. Please ask questions or leave us a comment on our website, www.morethanhearing.org, or at facebook.com slash morethanhearing, or tweet us at morethanhearing, or email us at connect at morethanhearing.org. If you tried any of these suggestions, or maybe got an idea that you like even better than ours, please let us know what you did and how it went. We would love to hear how using this theory has made a difference in your preaching and worship. Remember to check out the show notes, worksheets, links, and resources at our website. They go hand in glove with the podcast and give you lots more material to work with. Don't forget to subscribe using the links on the website for iTunes, Google Play, Android, or good old RSS. Or point your podcatching software at morethanhearing.org slash feed slash podcast. Help others find us more easily by writing a review at the iTunes store. And of course, you can always share the show with your friends and colleagues. We'll be back with another episode next week. So in the meantime, stay subscribed and be smart. see it. Do, 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 do. <laughs> okay.